0: Hey girl, Heather Nelson here. Welcome to Live Conversations with a Twist. I'm so excited to build a community where I inspire and empower women who are going through hard times. I can't wait to share with you women who have unique stories and have overcome hard times in their life. So grab your favorite cocktail, lean in, and let's cheers to empowerment ladies. Today, I interview Colleen Anderson, an amazing woman who's been struggling with fertility for over 10 years. She has tried so many different options and after her long struggle, is excited to announce that she is currently pregnant with her baby girl who's due in September. I hope her story inspires other women who might be struggling with fertility. Colleen, thank you for being here today and thank you for coming on and sharing your story about your fertility journey. And um, I can't wait to dive in more. I know you and I know each other and I, I'm on the the end of your journey, well, end of that journey, beginning of your new journey, and uh, we get to be pregnant together, and I love that, and um, I can't wait to hear more about, you know, the last 10 years, it sounds like, of what um, you've been going through. So, Colleen, introduce yourself, and
1: um, let's get started. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be a part of your journey in this. That's pretty remarkable and amazing. Um, yeah, I'm... Colleen Anderson I am um kind of (laughs) just like anybody else I think um with trials and tribulations and stories and um different pieces and parts of life that um just all kind of (laughs) come together I don't
0: and you you're from Sonoma County
1: yes you, you grew up here yeah I grew up in Santa Rosa um went to Piner High School you know moved to Panama with my husband and yeah, living the good life.
0: And Colleen and I met through Encore. We both actually still work there together. And uh, like I said, we're um, going through our pregnancy journey together and um, it's really exciting. And um, so, yeah, so let's dive in. So um, you have been trying to get pregnant for 10 years now. So tell me about like where that began and how, like how you even figured out that you couldn't get pregnant, or I mean, I, I mean, I think everyone struggles with fertility in different ways, whether it's they don't have eggs or they, you know, can't hold a baby or whatever that is. So I want to dive into more of like what that was
1: for you. Absolutely, I, I think I've been saying twelve years for a little bit. I think maybe somewhere, maybe thirteen now. Um, I when I married my first husband, we tried um, for a year. And then it got really worrisome. We, you know, went to different doctors and tried to find a diagnosis as to why it wasn't working. And they found out that my tubes are a bit cranked up. Like there were some issues, there some tubal issues. So right away they were like, your chances of getting pregnant naturally are like slim to none. And you will, you can't even do IUI. You need to do IVF. Like that is the option. What is IUI? Um, IUI I think is um, they inject you with the sperm basically while you're on medication. So you get more eggs to come out and your chances get higher in a natural way. But because my tubes were cranked, it, we kind of needed to pass that natural part. Got it. So, but you know, infer- infertility is expensive if you're trying to get pregnant and, um, IUIs are a bit cheaper, but you might need to do a bunch. And, um, IVF is extremely expensive and hardly ever covered by insurance.
0: Which is so crazy to me, um, how expensive it is. And during my surrogacy journey, I didn't realize like how expensive it was and, um, yeah. It's crazy. And, and we can talk a little bit about this too, but I feel like Sonoma County doesn't really have a lot of fertility options out there. And I mean, you, you can probably speak to that. Cause I think you went to the one that was here locally, but you had to actually like go travel somewhere else to even like get a good doctor and get a good, um, clinic to go to. Right. Did two
1: rounds of IVF. We did one, um, egg retrieval. And we got like four eggs. None of them were tested. Um, and this is your first time the first time we did it. Yeah. So my husband, my current husband and I, cause fast forward, my ex-husband wasn't really into paying for IVF. So that fizzled out met, um, Brad and, um, we focused on doing our local rounds of IVF here. And there were some setbacks, obviously those two didn't work out and, uh, they were just about as expensive as the other doctor in San Francisco, but there was a lot kind of left out. We did two, two transfers of embryos to each and those both failed. It was completely devastating and, um, really, really difficult. So I took
0: your eggs in his sperm
1: yes so we did the whole so kind of like um whatever with you right you had they kind of came as an embryo but the whole process of retrieving eggs and and doing the sperm and then testing them and and finding the ones that are can be viable it's it's quite the process so how? um
0: just to f- uh rewind just a second for when you met brad and, um, obviously like you knew going into this, that you were going to, it wasn't going to be easy for you to get pregnant. Right. How did that conversation go? And like, how did he <laughs> perceive that? Because, you know, like, it's almost like a woman might feel like you're broken. You're like, oh, I can't have kids. Like you're broken or something, but you're yeah. it's just what you're like. That's just what your body is. And yeah. like, how was that conversation and how <laughs> you don't have to dive into too, too detail because it's Brad, but like, you know, like how'd that go?
1: It, you know it's we were just talking about this the other day um it, it was interesting because you know you you have sex right to get pregnant normally well when you're worried about getting pregnant when you're first meeting someone it wasn't really a thing for me yeah so <laughs> it was kind of like well you know the chances of us needing to protect ourselves from getting pregnant is really need, we don't need to do that. Interesting. I never thought of it that way. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll just skip that part. Um, so that kind of opened it up and then, you know, he saw me like morning on mother's day because I desperately wanted to be a mom and he, he knew pretty, pretty quickly where I was coming from with that. Yeah. And he always wanted to have children obviously as well. Um, yeah, I think it was stronger for me. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, I think it's he, always with women. But he, yes, but he was extremely supportive of my my desire to be a mom. I love that. Yeah. And was he
0: like uncomfortable at first, like going to the clinic because? Yeah. I mean, you have to go and do your yep. thing in a clinic. Yep. With a magazine and like,
1: how was he? How was he about that? That process. It, it was, uh, it was interesting. He got to do it at home. You don't have to do it there. Okay. Because we were close enough. I think it, the time limit is an hour. So I like the movies make it make this whole thing look so much different. It's kind of hilarious re- really when you think about it. Um, because it's the one thing that they have to do, you know, and it's just so taboo. Um, so, you know,
0: so once they retrieve your eggs and his sperm and make the embryo, like what is the time
1: lapse on that? I've actually never have asked that. It's pretty, so we looked it up scientifically. They, they do it right away. So okay. they, this well, as far as I know, they might freeze them and then unfreeze them, but I don't think so. I think it's pretty instant. They do it in a lab. They inject the sperm into the egg. And I think they do it with a laser. It's pretty fascinating. It really is. Yeah, and then they let them grow. Some doctors will let them grow one day, two days. Mine were six day embryos, so they grew pretty big naturally. Um, and then they would take them, those ones, and test them, and then freeze them. Whichever and you one. there was four that came out good. So that the first time there was four. Okay. They didn't test those four. They just looked at them to and graded them based on what they look like. Um, and then they implanted two at a time. Okay. The second time we did it in San Francisco, um, we had like 11, ended up with one that tested really well DNA wise. And that's the one you have now. That's the one. That- so it was, yeah, it's... it's science and numbers and statistics, it's mind boggling and stressful and so terrifying because yeah. you're worried you won't end up with anything that works. Right. You have like one shot basically. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it worked,
0: but it worked. Yes. Did they know? Cause I know with embryos, they can, I know they test like how you know healthy it is and, and those kinds of things. But, um, And they can test the sex. Did you, you know, you didn't have them test
1: that, correct? They test everything, whether you ask them or not. Um, but they ask you if you want to know what the sex is. So we weren't ready for that. Just, we weren't ready because if we had lost it, it would be more devastating to know what the sex was. Um, so I think we were protective in that way to just not know. Yeah. But you're having a, we're having a girl. And Brad's trying to figure out what that means.
0: Let me talk to Dennis. because. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, um, Yeah. I remember when I first had my first child, I wanted a boy so bad. Like that was yeah. what I wanted. And then I had a girl and I was like, what am I going to do with her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're a different beast, but they, they love their daddy. Unfortunately, sometimes
1: more than mommy. Yep. It happens. It's kind of yeah, I keep comparing it to our cat because our cat is a female cat and she loves Brad way more than me. And I'm just left in the dust. So (laughs) you,
0: you are now what? 23 weeks. We just hit 23 weeks today. Yeah. Okay. Um, how are you feeling? Like, do, do the doctors say like, everything's good? Like with IVF, I'm sure it's a little bit different. And You and I were talking about like, you have more tests to do and, and those kinds of things. But once you get pregnant, do you still have to go to the
1: fertility clinic that's in San Francisco or at some point you get released to like a local doctor? Um, a couple weeks after we did our blood tests and confirmed pregnancy, um, we went for our first ultrasound with the doctor. He looked at it saw the embryo. It was this thrilling moment of security and wonderfulness. And then he said, you can come back and pay more money if you want to, but you're good. You can just go to your regular doctor. That's awesome. So, yeah. Um, I had a
0: question regarding that. Did you, uh, for people who might be struggling with fertility and they're not even at that point to even like start with IVF or any of that, do you have any advice or anything that you wish you would have done differently, uh, going into it? Like, I know you had one doctor that didn't work out and, you know, went to another doctor, but for anyone that's listening that would be struggling, is there any like tips or tricks to know, uh, you know, like what things that you wish you would have known
1: back then there, you know, I, I, I did it. I did it the two ways, the way that failed and the way that, that didn't fail. And, there's so much to that. Like, there's only so much you can control and there's only so much you can do to, to have a positive outcome. Um, the first time around, I just was doing what they said and kind of, um, we didn't really like the doctor as much, but she was local and it was like more convenient. And I asked you, was she the one in Santa Rosa?
0: Yeah. Did I tell you about my experience with her? No. We can talk about that another time. But basically, I was um, when with my surrogacy, I had to go to uh, San Diego in LA for my transfers. Right. But I had to be, obviously I couldn't go there to get tested, so I had to use the one here, and it's just it was just a different experience.
1: Yeah. It, it. Yeah. Um. The census on on that clinic is n- no thanks. Yeah. We should so. start a clinic, maybe. Hey, I'm down, you know, so many women here need help and families need help. And it's, it's crazy that, I mean, it worked out because COVID and there was less traffic. I could drive to San Francisco, but, but that was really the thing that I did differently. Well, I did so much differently. I cured myself from fibromyalgia. Um, so I was off all medications I, that was like such a journey for me and it took a really long time. So I did that in between my transfers. Um, I started acupuncture with a fertility acupuncturist in Santa Rosa. She's amazing. Highly recommend her. Um, And then I saw therapists, like it just took a lot physically and mentally to get to the place where I felt like there was hope for the next round. And then obviously seeing a different doctor exercising was huge. Um, it just, I needed to get to a place where I felt like my body could do this mm-hmm. and, um, and also have faith. So <laughs> the, the mental and physical, there's just, there were so many things that I did And I didn't hold back financially because I knew this was my one shot. We were going to take a loan out to do this one more time. I needed to do all the things to make it worth it. Yeah. How long in between your first transfer and your second transfer? I, I think it was like one one and a half or two years. Okay. Like that. It felt like forever. Yeah. Um, But I remember I remember the time and place where I was that I felt like I was ready. Brad and I went on vacation. We were sitting outside, like watching the river go by and the trees and the, just like just together time. And I just, I knew that it was time and I was ready. So there's a lot of intuitiveness to it also. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: as I mentioned before, a lot of women really do struggle with this. And, and you were saying that when you publicly came forward with your journey about how long it's taken you, you've had multiple women reach out to you uh, about support or how they can, you know, I'm sure you can, there's other questions and stuff, but what is it, if there is like a couple words of wisdom
1: or, or things of hope that you could tell people, what would that be? Ask for help. Please don't be afraid. There are so many women that struggle with this and don't talk about it. And they don't um, infertility, you you just you feel like a failure as a woman. Like so much is being a mother. And and um there's so much pressure that we put on each other and ourselves to be feminine and be a woman and be a mother. And, um, when that journey is harder for some people, it is devastating to the psyche. Like you just, it, it just is oh, so many years crying on mother's day. I can't even tell you. And, um, I kept it in to myself. I held it in and tried to be strong. And that's such BS. Is there a lot of support groups out there? Um, yes, there are support groups like social media support groups. Um, one of our purchases was the Peloton for, um, for health reasons so that I could be healthier. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot of, I, there's a support group for Peloton IVF women, super amazing, strong, compassionate, supportive women. So helpful. I also, uh, joined a zoom, um, women's group. So about 10 of us meet up weekly and support each other. Um, and that's, that's like, that was my reason why for
0: my podcast too, is that we all are going through hard things, whether, whether it's fertility or divorce or relationships or momming or whatever, everything. But we're always so scared to tell each other or to to tell people I need help or just to like relate to somebody to understand like what they've gone through or what can help. And, um and I think it's so important that we build a community as women to like support each other. And it sounds like you were able to find that, which is amazing.
1: Yeah. I, I think to be vulnerable is really hard. People look to us to be strong and to be resilient and to suck it up. And <sighs> being vulnerable and being real about what your struggles are and, and meeting other people that also have struggles. And it just, we need to support each other. We really do as women need to support each other through the hard things because doing it alone is just slowly killing us. It's so hard. It's so hard. Yeah, I know it's,
0: it's crazy. And everyone's so quick to judge. And, um, one of my podcasts, I just, went on and talked about being a mom and like how everyone just put you down for how you do something or what you do or what you don't do. And it's like, just like, you don't know what everyone's going through. You don't know what their life situation is. And so just like respect each other and just support each other. Like we're all in this together, especially now. I feel like the last year and a half has been a disaster for everyone. And
1: so it's like, can we just all get along? That's just what I want. I feel like, um, with COVID and with everything that's been happening and just all the hard things, we learn that we are stronger than we think and everybody's going through stuff and we can be more resilient when we get, when we can do hard things.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Do you, um, did you ever through this
0: journey consider adoption or surrogacy? Absolutely.
1: Yes. Uh, surrogacy, I could be my own surrogate technically, like, because the tubes are the problem. We just passed that part. And I, I, but yeah, I've had some very lovely friends ask if they, um, needed me to be for them to be a surrogate for me. hmm so I'm very blessed to have them in my life. Um, but adoption, yeah, I would adopt all the kids. <laughs> you want more than one? Would you do this again? This again? I don't know. Maybe. We'll yeah. see. I'm, I'm hoping that the, you know, the miracle everyone talks about is that, you know, you can get pregnant naturally the next time because your body does some amazing morphosis. Who knows? It really, I mean, your, our bodies are amazing. What I'm, what, you know. I'm in awe of my body right now. It's yeah. incredible what my body's doing and um, you're feeling good and your pregnancy is going well. And second trimester bliss, feeling all the good things. There was a time in my first trimester where I'm like, why did I do this? Can I put it back and take a break just for a minute? <laughs> I felt totally <laughs> guilty about that, but it hey.
0: that way until about like three to four weeks out, three, two to three weeks out. And you're like, this thing needs to come out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yes, that's going to happen. I'm sure for me, I'm looking forward to that. Get this thing out of me,
0: but right now happy, happy mama. I love that. Are you getting ready for baby?
1: Yes. We have a very long list of things to do. Um, we hired a doula because you know, I need the support and Brad needs the support. Honestly, well, you said you're said you going all in. So you went all in. I'm doing the whole thing and I'm doing yeah. it right. And I am. Yeah, I'm all in. I love that. Yeah.
0: Is there anything that you, um, that we didn't talk about that you want to bring up or any kind of, um, inspiration or things that would inspire other women. Cause again, I think this is going to be, um, a huge thing. And it's interesting because I've never really, I've had a couple friends struggle with, uh, fertility one in particular, that, uh, was definitely harder. She, um, had a baby and then tried to get pregnant. And then they found out that there's a gene and they said she can never get pregnant again. And she had a second and then she, but she's had multiple miscarriages and she just gave birth to her third. And wow. so it's interesting because it's like you, I feel like you should always get like a second opinion. Like one doctor doesn't, they might say something, but there's other options out there to kind of get through. But I just, I just never have really been around people who've been struggling with it. And now that I've been, you know, talking about the surrogacy, it more and more has come up. Like people have reached out to me about things. And so I think it's more like you were saying, there's more of an issue than people let lead on. And so if there's anything that takeaways that helped you through that that you want to share?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely in the beginning, it was kind of like, you know, just do the least, you know, it'll all just kind of work out. You don't have to work that hard. I changed my mentality to, to self-care. Um, self-care is a huge, huge part of my journey. And, um, and knowing that I'm worth it and my future is worth it. And this baby that I'm growing in me is worth it. I, I went all in and, and getting the best doctor and listening to your friends that have gone through it and say, you need to meet this acupuncturist and, um, (laughs) you know, calling the psychic, if that's what works for you and seeing the therapist and, taking baths every week, you know, and everything that self-care that you can do to make you feel strong and resilient and in control of as much as you can do that. It's worth it. I love that. I agree. And I think it's really important in general, Yes, but
0: that's what helped get you through this. Yes. Like hit home because- us women don't do it enough. And I'm a big preacher of it. And I probably annoy people, but people reach out to me and they're like, we don't want to hear what you're doing, but it really freaking works. Yeah. And yeah,
1: you're, you're an example of that. I, you know, like I, I've lived the life that you, you only deserve certain things, you know, like you, you don't you can have it if you need it, but if you want it, you don't deserve it. Like that whole mentality. And it's like, <laughs> no, thank yeah. you. I'm going to do what feels good for me and training my brain to say, okay, what is it that I need? And what is it that I want? And what feels good? Um, how can I take care of myself? It, I mean, I'm a different person because of that mentality.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've seen you,
1: I've known you, how long have you been at Encore now? About about five years.
0: Yeah, and I've seen, especially in the last few years, just like your change in attitude and just like your change of like focus on like working out. So I feel like so many people when you're pregnant, they like give up. They're like, we don't need to work out or we don't need to take care of ourselves because we're just gonna eat all the things and we're gonna do whatever we want. And I'm like, we're not broken, right? we're
1: no. we're still human and
0: we need to take care of ourselves and i you and i both have talked about this about working out every day or moving our body and like how important it is and so it sounds like that has been still true to you during this pregnancy
1: i think i got back on the bike i did okay so before my transfer i did like a really hard 30 minute workout on the bike and then um I think it was just a few days maybe less than a week. I got back on the bike and did just some low impact just to get my blood moving. Blood is so important for pregnant women and you need it. I mean, that's why we do acupuncture. That's why we do, you know, why we exercise. You, you have to have the blood flow. The baby needs blood. <laughs> I mean, it's sucking you dry constantly. So more oxygen you have in your blood, the, the happier and healthier you and the baby are Yeah. And science as I mean, doctors have kind of like that whole thing. Like as soon as you're pregnant, you put your feet up and you don't move for nine months or 10 months. It, it, it's crazy to me. It is. And it's- so that was the thing about this, this, the last fertility doctor in San Francisco was a huge advocate of exercising like don't hurt yourself and don't like, you know, jump up and down a lot, but like you need, you, ha- you should exercise. It's yeah. good for you.
0: And it's yeah. mentally good for you. Like, I don't even do it for the physical part like, I'm not trying to like lose weight or keep the weight off during my pregnancy. Like it's a mental thing for me. Like it mentally helps me.
1: Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I have like, I mean, there there's certain, rides that i do on this damn peloton bike where i am like balling my eyes out like just like it's a release of of everything that you're stressed about that you struggle with like you can really get to telling myself that i was beautiful in the reflection of the screen because the instructor told me to and he thought i was crazy
0: it it, it makes you feel good and you are beautiful you're carrying a, a human you're growing a human I think you have a pregnancy glow. I love being pregnant, which is why I was a surrogate. It's crazy people, but <laughs> I love it. And like, you're embracing it. And I love that about you.
1: I have never been proud of this huge belly ever. I Don't mean, you a little bit sexy. Oh, I, this is, I've been waiting my whole life for this. Have you, are you to
0: do you plan on doing any like sexy maternity, um, photo shoots or anything?
1: Oh my God. Um, I don't know. You should. I don't know. It, everybody says how they love having pregnancy photos, and I feel like it's if we're all in, it's kind of on the list. So you should do it. I did it
0: with uh, you. Remember Kathleen, who used to be at uh, Encore? Yeah she's a photographer. So she did like sexy ones, not like not rated R, but probably probably PG 13. And it was like one of the funnest, coolest things. Cause I love it. You know, like I feel so good about myself that I want to like, remember that. And I did it and I highly recommend
1: it. So there's my tip for you. Might need to call her up. Call her up. Be a thing. Ugh. Embrace it all girl.
0: Well, I'm so proud of you and your courage to speak up and to help other women. And I can't wait to meet this little girl and our little babies run around <laughs> and together. And um, so I appreciate you so much for being here and talking about your story.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish um, I speak up because I wish there were more women that had spoken up and helped me. This was really hard to do alone. And um I am, I've got a girl texting me right now asking me, you know, questions. And I'm here to support anyone and everyone. Like I love that. It it's we need each other.
0: We do. I'll include uh when we when this podcast goes live, I'll put your uh Instagram tag so people can find you. Um and I encourage you to reach out because sounds like Colleen's willing to help and support you. And, um, yeah, thank you.
1: I'm, I'm on Instagram, but I spend most of my time on Facebook. I feel like I'm. <laughs> old That's right. your
0: <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll link all the information. So you guys have it and uh, you can find her and thank you again for being here and sharing your story. I so much appreciate it. I'm sure as everyone else does. Thank you. I appreciate you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please share this episode on social media and tag me. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share. I can't wait to continue to inspire you all.